You are listening to the Running With God Podcast, Speedwork Edition. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of the Running With God podcast. I am your host, Coach Darby, and we are continuing with our speed work episodes. We're going to be moving very rapidly through this episode today. Let's kick it off with our speed workout of the week. This week, we're talking about fartlek running, which is a Swedish term for speed play. These are great beginner-friendly speed workouts for all runners. They're also not as intense as other speed workouts, so they're perfect if you're transitioning into speed workouts or if you haven't been doing any speed work as part of your normal running. Fartleks involve a mixture of fast-paced running and relaxed-paced running during your workout. An easy way to do fartleks is to incorporate them into just one of your regular base runs. You would warm up as usual, run at your regular relaxed pace, and then during your run, do about 10 speed surges. Oftentimes, if you're running in a neighborhood, this can be accomplished by looking at mailboxes because most of neighborhoods are going to have mailboxes, and I like to do my fartlek running in between mailboxes. In other words, just speeding up the pace in between mailboxes and relaxing the pace uh, periodically. These are going to be about short one-minute long burst with about one minute of relaxed running in between each surge, and your fast pace should be slightly faster than your 5K race pace, so about 90% effort level. If you add fartleks probably about once a week to your running training program, then you're going to be ready for more intense speed work in a month. And if you really love fartleks, you can just extend the burst to about three to five minutes as you become used to them. So fartlek running is your speed workout of the week. Now, as we transition into our Bible study portion, we're doing the REAP method for Bible study, which means read, examine, apply, and pray. Today, we're going to be reading out of Leviticus chapter 19, verses 1 through 9. And it says here, The Lord also said to Moses, Give the following instructions to your entire community of Israel. You must be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father. And you must always observe my Sabbath days of rest. I am the Lord your God. Do not put your trust in idols or make metal images of gods for yourself. I am the Lord your God. And when you sacrifice a peace offering to the Lord, offer it properly so you will be accepted by God. The sacrifice must be eaten on the same day you offer it or on the next day. Whatever is left until the third day must be completely burned up. If any of the sacrifices eaten on the third day, it will be contaminated and I will not accept it. Anyone who eats it on the third day will be punished for defiling what is holy to the Lord and will be cut off from the community. When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of the fields and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. It is the same with your grape crop. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vines and do not pick up the grapes that fall on the ground. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal. Do not deceive or cheat anyone. Do not bring shame on the name of your God by using it to swear falsely. I am the Lord. Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not make your hired workers wait until the next day to receive their pay. 
Do not insult the deaf or cause the blind to stumble. You must fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not twist justice into legal ma- in legal matters by favoring the poor or being partial to the rich and powerful. Always judge people fairly. Do not spread slanderous gossip among your people. Do not stand idly by when your neighbor's life is being threatened. I am the Lord. Do not nurse hatred in your heart for any of your relatives. Confront people directly so that you will not be held guilty for their sin. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. You must obey all my decrees. So when we examine this passage, it's very clear to me that God cares about community. The context here is that the Israelites camped out around Mount Sinai, and Moses had just been given the Ten Commandments. So that's the point that we're at in God's Word. And God is giving instructions here for what holiness looks like through personal conduct. Don't cheat one another. Don't gossip. Don't manipulate the legal system. Don't just stand there and watch your neighbor get beat up. These are commands for personal conduct, and it is tied back to God's love and care for the community at large. So as I apply this, as God's people, what this text is telling me is that we should act differently. And this starts with our personal conduct, that our personal conduct is held to a high standard as God's people. The greatest calling that God gives us is to bring glory to Him through the advancement of His kingdom. And one of the foundational ways that we glorify God is how we treat others in our community. Paul told the church at Corinth this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that they were spiritually immature because of how they were treating one another. Their lives were marked with jealousy and quarreling and backbiting. And Paul looked at that behavior and he said, you know what? You look like the rest of the world. You look like spiritual infants in the eyes of God. And we need to make sure that our own personal conduct does not reflect behavior like that. I don't want to be a member at the church of Corinth. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, and I want to represent true discipleship through Christ-like personal conduct. And I want that to exude out of my own personal church that I go to. I want that to be a part of my community. And I want God to be glorified through the advancement of His kingdom. All of those things are going to benefit the community at large. And what we see here, this picture that we see in Leviticus, is God being the loving Father that He is caring for the children of Israel in the wilderness And he's providing commands and he's coaching the Israelites on what good personal conduct looks like because God has this deep care for the community and he has this deep care and desire for his church to advance his kingdom. He wants to be glorified through the advancement of his kingdom and the church is the key to that. That's the secret weapon that God uses against Satan. It's the church. And I just want to thank God for just being the great father that he is. He doesn't just come on the scene and say, hey, I need y'all to start acting right. And I need y'all to to be kinder to each other. He actually provides instructions. He actually coaches. He disciplines when he needs to. And that's exactly what a good father does. He was a great father to the Israelites in the time of Moses. And he's a good father to you and I today. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much for your words in Leviticus chapter 19. I thank you for the instructions that you provided the Israelites and you called them to holy living through 
holy personal conduct. And I pray, Father God, that our personal conduct would be representative of you, that our personal conduct would glorify you, would advance your kingdom, Father God, because you're worthy. Please convict us if our personal conduct is not what it should be. Help us to dive into your word and learn from your instructions on how we are to act. Don't ever let us be counted as those that would be called spiritually immature, Father God. Help us to be spiritually mature and help us to see that foundationally that starts with how we treat one another. We love you so much, Father God. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Running With God podcast. More than nominal Christianity. Send us an email at runningwithgodpodcast at gmail.com.